Hello and welcome to Wine and Real Estate. Bonjour, bienvenue à Vin et Immobilier. So every week we like to talk about wine and real estate, two of our favorite topics, and sometimes we'll even bring on some guests. So we look forward to sharing some tips and tricks with you about wine, about investments, real estate, and just have a good time. See you soon. Chin chin. This podcast is brought to you by Streetwise Mortgages. Streetwise is a multi-award winning mortgage brokerage that services real estate investors across Ontario. If you are looking to grow a real estate portfolio to replace your income, supplement retirement, and enhance your overall returns, the Streetwise team can help you develop a financing roadmap to scale up. They cover everything from capital sources to deal structure to opportunities to maximize your borrowing power, to mapping out your future financing. Streetwise works both with clients who are starting out on their investment journeys, as well as sophisticated investors with multi-million dollar portfolios. They have access to capital sources, including traditional, alternative, and private funds, and well-versed with the various investment strategies, including buy and hold, buy, renovate, refinance, rent, repeat, or the BURP, multi-residential, rent-to-owns, assignments, construction financing, and student rentals. To book a complimentary session with a Streetwise Income Property Advisor, go to www.streetwisemortgages.com or email the team at info at streetwisemortgages.com. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Wine and Real Estate. Bienvenue au Vin et Immobilier. So tonight we're really excited. We have Denise and Stuart McPherson, and they're going to share some uh, some tips on how to drink water <laughs> while we have some some rosé. So yes. this, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Salud with water. Wine is mostly water anyway, but there is some grape juice. And this rosé I got last weekend at Klaus and Chase in Prince Edward County. So I went to the cottage and enjoyed some wine. And anyway, that's it. So welcome. Thank you so much for accepting our invitation. Yes, introduce for people who don't know who who is Denise and Stuart McPherson. Well, you want to start? I'll start. Mm -hmm. um, we live in Ottawa. Uh, we've been living here for uh, a number of years, and uh, Denise and I. Uh, we're both federal public servants. Mm -hmm. Back in the early 1990s, we each went through a divorce. And mm -hmm. in the mid-1990s, we found each other. And uh, we decided to put a life together. So we've been married since 2003. Congrats. Um, we were together for about five years before that. Um, we, we like to say we've been married, what is it, 55 years. Eight years. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Uh, in 2008, uh, Denise got very sick and oh, no. uh, she was off work for over a year and uh, went back to work for one day and came Actually, home and said, a year and a half, I was off. She said, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I said, good, quit. We'll figure out what to do. Cool. <laughs> wow. We've been looking for something for a while. Uh, we had uh, well, uh, done some multi-level marketing. Uh, we had actually signed up to take courses to learn how to invest in real estate. And then I chickened out. 
Well, this, oh, no. <laughs> well, this was at a time in this in downtown Ottawa. I forget what the big hotel is downtown. They had all of this um, these businesses coming in and kind of giving you ideas of how to open, you know, different businesses you can do. And this guy from the states was there, and he was talking about real estate. We actually signed up, and it's a good thing they had the cooling off period because you know <laughs> I, it was the five days, seven days, however long you had to back out of it. And I said we work eighty hours, like sixty to eighty hours a week. How wow. are we ever going to do this? So we thought now's not the right time. So we backed out. So in so. 2009, we took another look at it. And we decided to start investing in or taking a look at investing in real estate. Now we had uh, done some investments in the stock market. Okay. Uh, <laughs> people that are, that are as old as us will remember back around the year 2000, there was a whole lot of excitement <laughs> around dot com. Yeah, the bubble <laughs> burst. <laughs> we saw our bubble burst we had uh, thousands of dollars invested in oh in my and when the we got caught in the hype yeah <laughs> we finally cashed out after all the fees and everything we actually got some money back oh good well, well, well just say from from one stock okay we, we okay one <laughs> just one stock that was ten thousand dollars okay so how do you make eighteen dollars and 34 cents you invest ten thousand dollars Oh, oh my, my. <laughs> ouch, that hurts. <laughs> so that's what we had left after that one stock. So after we got burned on the dot-com boom, we were putting our, our money into, into RSPs. Well, we um, had been doing that, right, from, from the time we were young, actually. And we were having them invested in mutual funds, just like most people do. Yeah. And then, of course, there was the big economic downturn of 2008, and we yes. saw the value of our mutual funds just drop right through the floor. Ouch. So by 2009, we knew we had to find something different. We started taking courses about investing in real estate. And then on January 29th, 2010, yep. Denise retired from the federal government. And that's wow. the day we officially started investing in real estate. Wow, yeah. nice date. <laughs> yeah, the, the nice part about us, I mean, I'm retired from government. Stuart retired two years later. But... Being now at retirement age, which I was already 55 then, I'm 66 now, so we've been investing for 11 years, is we come with a lot of life experience too. Yes. And then not only life experience, but when, when you look at when we met, we were each divorced. And divorce plays a real havoc on your finances. Anybody who's yeah, gone through So for us, like we've been married now 18 years, but we started our life from scratch, literally. We started with nothing. Mm -hmm. I remember some months where I had 52 cents to my name. I, I had oh bought a small, a small um, condo townhouse and my dad, here I am, an adult. My dad helped me with the down payment so I could oh my. He told me, he said, Denise, having a little piece of land to yourself is so much better than getting into an apartment. So he helped me. Mm -hmm. Like I said, 52 cents to my name. And it's like, how am I <laughs> going to pay my mortgage? How am I going to pay the bills? But you know what? I've always been a firm believer that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I remember saying that to somebody one time and I said, Denise, how are you managing? And I said, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. That tunnel may be deep, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And that person, and I had never heard that before. And I've only, I've never even heard it even since, but the person says, are you sure it's not an oncoming train? <laughs> and it took me back and I thought oh, and I thought no it really is a light at the end of the tunnel I knew I would get out of it now Stuart when we got together he was with a partner that kept him in debt 
Oh, no. Because she believed that money was meant to be spent. And if there was room on a credit card, that means you had to spend it. Wow. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> it's actually funny. I remember that, that I felt really sorry for myself after my divorce because after 17 years of marriage, having a good government job, I only had $15,000 to my name. Oh, my. And I was about to complain to a guy at work who came in and said, wow, my divorce has really done a job. I'm $20,000 in debt. Oh, and okay. Like, so you're already better. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, I, when we split, um, my kids at that point were older teenagers. And they weren't going to be with either of our parents very long. And their mother decided to move into a, a small one-bedroom apartment. So I agreed to make a home for the kids. Oh, wow. I had to borrow money from my dad in order to make a down payment on a house for the three of us to live in. See, as adults, oh, wow. we can get our parents to help us, right? It. It's for life. Kids are for life. It's really, I, I have a friend, we were having a conversation about kids. I'm like, yeah, they're going to be yours forever, like our kids as yeah. well. I'm like, well, we need the car. We need this <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah. it's great. But I mean, now our kids are grown, married. We each have, have children two kids, of their own. And they're all in their 40s. And so we're now grandparents of eight grandchildren. The eighth one wow. just two weeks today, as a matter of fact, for the eighth one. Nice. So, well, congrats. Things, hey, thanks. things turned around for us. We, yeah. we started working in, in real estate and uh, we developed the expertise in various ways of investing in real estate. Uh, oh, but one of the other things is because we had had such a bad experience with stocks and with mutual yeah. funds, we were looking at a way to use our retirement savings in real estate. And we learned how to basically invest in RRSP and TFSA mortgages. But, but even at that, and you probably know that already, but, but for us, what had happened is when I retired from government, they, at the time they did it, they don't anymore, but they gave me a severance pay and I got, I don't know, so much per two weeks of, of uh, years that I had of work. And they said, do you want it in RSPs or do you want it in cash? I said, I don't want RSPs. Don't <laughs> no. Because we had lost so much. And as yeah. people know, yes. like I said, for us, we had been putting money aside from the time we were young. Now, you're a lot longer, younger than we are. But from the time we started working, they said, put money aside. Because yeah. by the time you retire, you're going to have this nice big nest egg. But, you know, they don't tell you about the volatility, right, of the market that goes, no. up and goes up and down. And I remember going through a spell from the amount of money that I lost. It took me eight years to recoup where oh I was before. So, oh. and the thing is, it was not, and not everybody is savvy in the sense that they learn about the investments and how to work with the mutual funds and the stocks and this and that. It just, you either have the interest or you don't. And at the time, it's like, RSPs are not tangible, right? It's like yeah. when you have money in the bank, it's like money in the bank. You know it, you can spend it right away, but you don't see this. You know it just exists somewhere in another bank. It's a piece of paper you get every once in a while, you know? So it, it people <laughs> don't hold the same value nope. they do as cash. So when they told me, do you want an RSP? I thought, no. <laughs> and, and I was at a, actually a, at a, a real estate meeting and I heard, and now we're talking 2009, I heard the words RSP mortgage and I thought, what, what, what is yeah. that? <laughs> well, I called government and it's like I said, 2009, because I, I, I retired in January of 2010. So I inquired and I found out about it and I called the government. And I said, change my mind, give it to me. In <laughs> so we, like I said, and the one thing we did, and this is where we tell everybody, educate yourself. 
you know, if you're going to do something like we tell you the story about losing so much in the uh, stocks, we had not even educated ourselves. We just got caught in the hype. And I thought, you know what? Before we do anything, this is our retirement now that we have to try yeah. to recoup because we had lost so much, right? Mm -hmm. Plus the divorce, the finances were like shot. We started at zero. So it was a question of, okay, what do I do? So I went to a meeting and there were eight people around the table. I said, I have this many thousands of dollars for an RSP second mortgage. Is anybody interested? And everybody said, pick me, pick me, pick me. Yes. Wow, <laughs> this is something, right? Mm -hmm. And this was all new to me. And I found a lawyer. It was her first one. It was my first one. We worked together. And now it's history because that's what we've been doing now for 11 years. Wow. wow Everything that we do in our real estate is all based with borrowed money. And I know you use borrowed money too, but using yeah. RSPs to the point that we became quite the experts in being able to do that because we do so many of them. From the lending and the borrowing side, because remember, we are now at retirement age and we've had RSPs and they're not where they were supposed to. So now what do you do? And the only thing that I can say is the best decision we ever did to use our own uh, RSPs and, and now TFSAs, obviously, and putting those into mortgages because all I've seen is grow. Can't say that with mutual funds. No. no. Do you want to be just explain to people quickly who are listening who may, who may not know what is an RSP mortgage? Yeah. So... I'm going to be very basic and go way yeah. back. <laughs> so the federal government set up plans to help people mm -hmm. save for their retirement that they call registered retirement savings plans. That happened back in the late 1950s. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought wow. it was from the 90s or something. No, oh, no it's actually oh, the late that's 1950s. That's what I said. We've been contributing for a long time. Wow. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> so what happens is that in any given year, if you decide to make a deposit into your RRSP, there's a limit that CRA allows you to put in in a given year. Mm -hmm. And that's based on the salary that you've earned the year before. Mm -hmm. And basically what happens is if you put $1,000 into your RRSP, you're allowed to take a tax deduction of $1,000 that year. So your yeah. money is in the RRSP and it grows without being taxed. However, when you finally reach the age that you're going to start taking money out of your RSP, that's when CRA collects the tax. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So RSPs are really good if you are earning a salary right now and you want to defer some taxes until sometime in the future. Because, I mean, even if you were to pay $100 in tax today, that's more expensive than paying $100 in tax 15, 20 years from now. Yeah. When the money has grown tax free. But the neat thing is, back in the late 1980s, the government came up with another program called the Tax-Free Savings Account, a TFSA. Mm -hmm. Now, if you set up a TFSA, it has a lot of the same rules as an RRSP. But when you put money into your TFSA, you don't get a tax deduction. The money still grows tax-free. And the benefit of this is, when you take money out of your tax-free savings account, it's tax-free still. You don't get taxed on that. Mm -hmm. So you can have money growing in your tax-free savings account and getting it out. The other difference <clears throat> is that you can actually put money into your TFSA, take it out, and then put that money back mm -hmm. in the next year. Yeah. Without being penalized. With an RSP, if you take money out, it's out forever. Yeah. Any yeah. taxes on it. So yeah. these are, are great tools for people to look at in order to be able to grow for their savings. And CRA has a lot of rules around them. 
There's only certain things that you're allowed to invest them in. But mortgages on Canadian property is one of the things that's mm -hmm. allowed. And that's where we've developed an expertise and learned how to do it. And I will tell people that when we talk about RSPs, there's actually a whole family of registered funds. That includes yeah. education savings plans. It includes registered yeah, right. retirements, income, locked-in retirement mm -hmm. accounts. Uh, these all tend to have the same sort of rules around them. And if you can learn those rules, you can actually turn this to your advantage and grow your retirement savings quite easily. Now, as a real estate investor, we like the fact that when we're looking to raise capital, one of the things that we do is we talk to a lot of people. We build relationships so that we can talk to people we know. As Denise said, people have RSPs and they don't even think about it. No, nope. mm -hmm. I know yeah, they it's easier to talk to someone about making an investment with their RSPs than it is to talk to them about making an investment with cash. For sure. It's far and foreign and <laughs> so abstract. And the thing is, like we we've had people that are making less than one percent. Oh yeah. It's like just basically <laughs> and, and I can give you a prime example of that. And this is funny how sometimes you meet people. I was at an event, not even a real estate event, okay? I was at an event, went to the ladies' room. I'm washing my hands. The person next to me washing her hands says, huh, I just got my statement from my financial planner. She says, I think I did 5%, she says, on my funds. And I looked at her out of the blue, right? I don't even know this person. <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, oh, did you do that or did the fund? She says, what? Question, <laughs> <laughs> she says, I don't know. I said, listen, I'm going back into my session. Here's my phone number. Give me a call tomorrow and I'll just explain and, and we can talk about it if you want. No obligation whatsoever. And I left yeah. it at that. She did call me. <laughs> so I said, okay, go get your statement. Now, this woman had put $60,000 in an RSP the year before. Oh, wow. And and before I even tell you what she what the statement was, she did tell me she did not put an extra money in there because I asked and she says, well, I could, no, no. I said, I just need to know because the calculation is different. If you, you know, yeah. if you didn't add anything else, that that's okay. 60,000 last year and you just got your one year statement. She said, yes. She says, I said, so you think you did 5%? She says, yes. I said, okay. Do you have a calculator close by? She says, yes. Then she went and got the calculator. Uh. And I said, okay, do 60,000 times 5%. She says, okay. I said, what's the number? So for those of you who've done this in your head already, it should be $3,000, right? Mm -hmm. I said, how much does your statement say? She looks down at her statement and she says, 60200 Oh, my. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> of all the fees and all she kinds of... She got so quiet. Oh. Time, <laughs> and I stayed quiet. And then she got mad. <laughs> and I understand because... When you look at, I can't remember the exact thing, but it was like 0. 0.001 something was the return that she got for that one year of that $60,000. Not even inflation. That's just, so sad. Yeah. <laughs> but so many people are like that and people don't realize. Mm -hmm. They really don't. And this is why we've been very successful with what we've been doing because that's a strategy we've used from the get-go and we teach about it too, right? So it's just... It's been it's been good for us. And like I said, for us, not only did it help us because we have our retirement, you know, funds that we're not doing a whole lot because we yeah. <laughs> that you know, we were able to do that. So we've got 
a real estate portfolio, but parallel to that, we have a mortgage portfolio. So we lend out, but we also borrow for our real estate. Oh, and wow. I mean, that's what we've been doing. Now we're talking about tens, tens of millions of dollars in mortgages that we've done since yeah. we started oh, wow. real estate. That's amazing. Which so is when, awesome. Yeah. So when you're investing these mortgages on on real estate, are you doing it in the Ottawa area? Are you doing a certain strategy? Like, are you doing buy and hold? Or what's your kind of meat and Criteria. potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> We've done it on just about every strategy. Oh, really? You okay. need the strategy, you can do it. Now, the one, thing, the one thing I do have to mention is that the interest rate you pay on an RSP is higher than the interest rate you would pay on traditional bank financing. Yeah. As such, private lending. Exactly. So it's important to identify in your strategy what your exit strategy is because you want to use these RSP mortgages in the shorter term. One, sure. we've done three years, uh, but it's not as if you were going to, to uh, buy a, 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 an income property that you're planning to hold for 25 years. No. <laughs> mortgage. No. But, this is a brilliant strategy if you're buying below market value for a distressed property. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The whole idea to be able to pay more for the interest on this thing is you need to bring value to the property. So you have to buy at a lower price. You need to have that spread of what the after repair value is going to be. That's the only way it makes sense. Mm -hmm. You would never buy a property in a first mortgage at a very high rate and expect to keep it for a long time. It's just not sustainable. No, that makes total sense. You know, the whole point is to offer better interest on the RRSP, yeah. right? <laughs> That's right. And I mean, everything right now is much better than what most people are getting in their RRSP. Mm -hmm. Period. You get the odd person that has been able to play with the markets and, yeah. and say, oh, I get this much. That's not the average person. No. no. Who we deal with is the average person because there's so many of them. They're just not happy with the race that they've been getting. So we've done first, second, and third mortgages. Oh, really? Wow. And, you know, I'll ask you, would you do a third mortgage? Yeah, absolutely. I've never, yeah. We've never done one. Yeah, but, <laughs> but we, we would, especially if it's part of like a maximizer strategy or there's some reasoning behind it. Or But the thing is, is most people, like we've done, we've spoken from stage where people will say, and we'll ask, raise your hand, you know, if anybody would consider doing a third mortgage and out of a room, like we've been in a room, let's say of 600, where maybe you have two or three hands that oh my, That's it. They're worried about the risk. They're worried about the risk. Third mortgage, they're worried about risk. Well, they're, and, the, they're the last guy on the line, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's but tough to is, like, even sorry? insurance, like when you get a third mortgage, even when you insure the property, it's not all insurance companies that Exactly. allow it and there's some exactly. considerations so like there's the risk but there's the planning mm -hmm. behind it as well that there's, needs to but happen. The risk, like for us like to look at a third mortgage and and these are the types of mortgages we've done right is and again we we deal with a very tight niche because we don't do any debt consolidation whatsoever like a mortgage broker with investors would. like so it's all it's all uh, you know real estate investors that are actively investing and know what they're doing and you know things like that that we deal with but um with uh, the third mortgage, and when somebody had asked us for money, and the mortgage or the property value was seven hundred and fifty thousand, 
Their first mortgage was 300. Their second mortgage was 50. And they were looking for 75. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. So this is what I mean. This is a no-brainer. <laughs> exactly. So when you explain people like that, they go, oh, so when I'd ask again, so how many people now would consider a third mortgage? Like, everything, <laughs> right? But that's what it is. People have, like, every mortgage has its own um due diligence you have to do around it yeah. treat each one separately you can't lump them all in one basket and this no. is what most people think they go oh third mortgage wow this is this is really risky well no. not really because like you said there was still a huge spread even after all three mortgages there's exactly. lots of room so exactly so these are all things so we've been able to use that strategy like i said for just about every property that we do because a lot of the work we do is we don't buy turnkey. Makes sense. Online. We don't buy there's no lift. If you buy turnkey, you're buying at a premium. Then you can't. This whole strategy does not work. That's exactly. right. There's no cash flow. There's no. Yeah, it's just. I mean, it's a great thing to do with flips. You can do with the burrs, you know, so flip is when you buy a property, you know, fix it up and then you sell it and then you've got money. You've got to make sure. I mean, most people, they have to know that by paying a higher rate, you have to know that you can cover all of those fees, the principal, the interest, and any other administrative fees that you're going to be paying. The project has to cover that. Yeah. So that's that's important. important. A lot of people don't do their numbers properly, right? So that is that is very key. And then for burrs, which is another great strategy because you're buying something, you're renovating it. And then once it's renovated, you're going to refinance. Well, you're probably going to rent it first, and then you're going to refinance. You're going to repeat the whole thing again. So again, that that portion there that you've brought extra value and and a typical burr is you get all of your money back right that you've invested yeah. in uh, in the project so even if there's a little bit left you know when i hear people say oh you know i'm i'm uh, i'm gonna get a mortgage like i can get a mortgage like for around two percent let's say mm -hmm. and uh, why would i borrow money if i can get something at two percent and they're going to be putting in a secondary dwelling unit or whatever. And I thought, wow, you want all of that cash to stay in that property for that? Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> but there's a lot of people like that that don't yeah. recognize the value because they go, I, I can't be paying, let's say, let's say if it was 8%, I can't be paying 8%. I can get a mortgage for 2%. Yeah, but you're not doing it for 25 years. No, it's no. a year, it's six months. If it's a that's flip, right. three months, uh, yeah. whatever. It's short term. Yes, sure. yeah. And the other thing that I really like about RSP mortgages is the fact that it's a private loan, so you can negotiate all the terms. Yeah. Now, in a lot of cases, these are these are properties we've bought that we're renovating. We're doing a lot of work in, so we don't have any income from that property. No. Well, you can negotiate to defer all of your payments until the mortgage matures, mm -hmm. as long as it's within a year. Oh, and wow. basically what happens is that means that while we're undertaking the project, we uh, don't have to worry about cash flow and paying out our debt service. Yeah. All we have to do is keep an eye on the fact that the interest is due when the mortgage is due. And we've got to make sure that the money's there to pay it out. But for the lender, I mean, let's say, for example, if they loaned us $100,000 and they loaned it at, let's say, I'm, I'm going to use a crazy number because the math is easy. They loaned it at 12%. So that means that they would be getting back $1,000 a month in interest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's hard to reinvest $1,000. Yes. <laughs> so it's of no use to the lender to have that money going into their RSP and sitting there doing nothing. Mm 
No. Mm -hmm. It's a benefit to the borrower, who's the real estate investor, who's busy trying to get the job done. The $1,000 a month could be spent on renovations to make sure that things move faster, that it cashes out, and that they can make sure that they've got the money there at the end in order to pay all the interest that's going. So it's it's easy to negotiate terms that are a win-win for both borrower and lender. And that's why I like the, the strategy so much. You make a really good point because a lot of like you can't negotiate these terms with banks that no much. <laughs> banks no. is like this is it no balloon payments none of that stuff it's not happening <laughs> um and then what's interesting too is this like you mentioned the lender is not out of pocket so they're lending money that's kind of abstract somewhere well, they're not dangling. depending on that money yeah, right? yeah. So it's not exactly. like some people lend from like we, we we deal with some people that lend from lines of credit yeah. or different strategies, then they're out of pocket. So that's a different strategy. But that's the really nice part about RSP money or registered funds is that money is there anyway. Like it doesn't matter. Like you said, if it's paid within the year and we're not the banks, it's not being paid compound interest every day if you put in the money. So it doesn't yeah. matter and it helps everybody. So it's that's great. right. I mean, what's been great is, like I said, because we work from both sides of the fence, right? Because we're at the age that our RSPs are working for us because we loan yeah. them. And we used to, this is even going back a few years, um, there was uh, two partners that would do high-end flips in Toronto. And they'd give us a call. And I still remember that call. And they said, okay, listen, Denise, we're going to be doing this property here. We'd like to borrow this amount of money. They bought the house for $765,000. Now, this is Toronto maybe five, six years ago. And uh, it was still a big house, like, you know, for 755 yeah. back then. And they said, we'd like to borrow it for nine months. Now, I do my due diligence. And I look at everything. I go, hmm, no, I won't do it. And they go, oh, you know, they were all feeling deflated. And I said, I'll do, I do, I'll do 12 months. They go, yeah, because you don't feel there's enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And I said, have you ever worked on a project where it did not finish on time? And they go, oh, <laughs> yeah, that happens. And I said, yes, Always. exactly. So I said, you think you're going to be done and this is going to be ready for sale, you know, in nine months? What if it doesn't sell? Because they were knocking it down and rebuilding. Oh, my. Oh boy. I said, so let's do 12 months. I said, you know what? We do no prepayment penalty. I said, you pay me when the project is done. I said, let's remove the stress from at nine months if you're not done you're going oh my gosh is she going to take over my property yeah is she going to be demanding this do i have to go find more money i said let's remove the stress just finish wow. the project and you know we'll do it 12 months do you know when they paid us back 12 months no short just short of 10 months Okay, oh, but wow. still above the so they nine months. The buffer, right? <laughs> yeah. And what we could say was, thank you, thank you, thank you. So we lend the way we borrow. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. You, you see both sides of the coin, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, it's not always like that because we know we meet a lot of private lenders and some are just lenders. They're not borrowers, they're not investors. Yeah. And they have, yeah, it's this, the, like the attitudes and it varies. So it's interesting to hear both sides. So that's mm -hmm. great. So that's what we've been doing from the get-go since we retired. So we work both sides of the fence. We're both borrowers and we're lenders. So we've developed a course actually like that for uh, to help that is about to launch uh, to help okay. people oh, with cool. just doing RSP mortgages and doing it the right way. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> legal a lot of people don't know what they're doing. No, oh, boy. <laughs> and legally as well. You mentioned earlier you build a relationship. So I I see a ton of people 
oh, I lend money or I want to borrow money. Well, first of all, by law, like you guys know you're the experts, but you can't just go and say, hey, do you want to lend me $100,000? Unless you're family or friends. And It's been <laughs> a lot out there, and a lot of people are outside the law right now. Oh, I mean, yeah, and that could, I mean, especially... With COVID and stuff, government's going to be looking for money, so I'm sure they're going to be cracking down on well, <laughs> some of that stuff. The rumbling is already out there. Oh, yeah. You know, because they could be um, outside of the Securities Commission, which they would be outside. Well, they yeah. are. Not would be. They are outside of Securities Commission. They're outside of the Mortgage Brokers Act, and they're outside of CRA rules, too. So there's wow. a lot of laws being broken, and that's why you can check us out, and you will never see us advertise for money, ever. No, but you know, like one of the last properties we bought, we had three days to come up with $1.35 million, and we did three days. Wow, wow. but it's your <laughs> network and the people you know, and but that's wow. what we've been doing for 11 years is networking and helping people. Like I said, we work both sides, that's why it's easy for us to help people and show them because we've been doing it, we still yeah. continue to do it. Yeah, that's amazing. So, so tell us, did you start with lending out your RSPs, or did you start by? borrowing RSPs. The funny part is, is that before we ever even bought uh, bought our first property, we did an RSP mortgage. Remember, I retired from government. They gave me this severance pay in RSPs. So I just went out and said, somebody want to buy it, uh, borrow it. And they all said yes, right? And then the light bulb went on. Again, remember, we're new to real estate investing. We've been yeah. with the 80-20 rule with government, you know, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That was us. We work 60 to 80 hours a week. Um, plus the fact that I was sick for almost two years, a year and a half off work. And then mm -hmm. um, just being able to get my energy back to be able to function again. So yeah. I thought, like I said, like Stuart mentioned, well, I went to work one day and I thought, I can't do this anymore. I can't work those hours. Like, I just can't. Oh, so that's wow. when I retired. And we had started educating ourselves about real estate so that when I would retire, then we'd be ready. And that's what we did. So the day I retired is the day we started real estate investing. And I think the next week I said, anybody want to borrow this? And they said, yes. And then the light bulb went on saying, oh my gosh, these are borrowers. We yeah. could be borrowers too. I wasn't even thinking of borrowing. Like I said, oh, wow. because this was all new to us, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the funny part is my dad that was a painter and contractor. I grew up in Northern Ontario. My dad is a painter and contractor. My dad owned buildings and apartments and whatnot. I didn't even know that until. Oh, I my goodness. That's funny. <laughs> I know. I know. Wow. I didn't know this. Like I know I knew dad was a painter and contractor. Right. And we had a Benjamin Moore store when when I grew up. We had a Benjamin Moore store, the paint store. And I knew dad. My dad was the second largest employer in town. The mill was number one. My dad was number two. Wow. So, you and know, the like, buildings. Wow. I did not know that. Now we're talking small community. We're not talking big buildings, but we're talking, you know, like yeah, yeah. and duplexes and small apartments and, you know, stuff like that. I did not know this till I was an adult. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Which is so weird because now that we're in real estate, now I go back and talk to my brothers. It's like we're, we're all talking the same language now, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of fun. But yeah, so we we started investing, and like I said, we did a, a mortgage before we ever bought our first property. And and for people that, well, th this just leads into this th this story here. I got a call from uh, somebody who was looking for coaching. Calls me up and he goes, Denise. He says, I, I even forget now who referred him or anything, but it doesn't matter. But he says, 
three weeks I've been putting offer after offer after offer after offer and I can't get anything. Yeah. At that point, I wanted to laugh because I thought, three weeks, is that all? Yeah, that's it. That's very short. <laughs> yes. For us, we did for an RSP mortgage before we ever bought our first property, but it took us five months before we got our first property. And we were doing wow. offer after offer after offer after offer. So when he called, like I said, no, I did not laugh in his face, but part of me inside was like, is that <laughs> only three weeks? You know? <laughs> and then I told him our story. I said, when we first started, it took us five months. He goes, five months? He says, okay, yeah. hung up. Never heard from again. Oh my. How <laughs> funny, you know, but it's true. People think that this happens overnight. It yeah, they think it's no, it's a lot of work. <laughs> not a get rich quick scheme or oh anything. And you need to buy the right property. You mentioned earlier, buy at the right price. So yeah, if it's gonna take yeah. five months, it's better than just buying whatever and then you're stuck in something and you're leaving your money in that deal because there is no lift, there's no space to increase value. So Wow. Yeah. And you know where we bought our first property? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you know, people people say when you first start in real estate, stick close to home. Oh, yes. Wow. Next door. <laughs> Don't do anything major because that's where you learn your mistakes. You do your mistakes from. That's where you're going to learn. Yeah. Okay. That's great. So we live in Ottawa. We bought six hours away. And what do we do? A full secondary dwelling unit. Oh, oh my. Boy. Six hours away. <laughs> <laughs> Our very first property. Ooh, wow. Okay. Do you but guys you know have what? to do the work yourselves, like swing the hammer and? Oh goodness, no! But I was no. <laughs> like, we bought in Barrie, and so I was traveling to Barrie. I interviewed thirteen um, contractors at the time, trying to find the right one to do the work and everything. And um, because we were also rain members, and I was going to the meetings in Toronto on a monthly basis. Oh, that's good. You know, so as soon as I go to a rain meeting, then it just automatically meant I continued on to Barry. So at yeah. minimum, I was there once a month, but it usually was more than that. But I did everything sort of long distance over the phone or I, I go there and we did it. Wow. And it, you guys were already ready for the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's that's been that's been great for us. And people say, oh, you know, I'm scared of investing at a distance. Oh, gosh. You know. Feel the fear and do it anyway. That's been our motto. <laughs> yeah, well, it's so That's true. Amazing. Like us as well. We're like, we're not finding deals locally. Well, let's just look elsewhere. Yeah. And then, yeah, you need to build a team. So we did. <laughs> we learned some of it the hard way, but eventually oh, you all learn the hard and... way. <laughs> oh, you have to. It's normal. Yeah. The important thing is take a look around at where the opportunities are and then do your research. Yeah. yeah. Make sure you understand what's going on in the town you're thinking of investing in. Um, Absolutely. I know that there's there's lots of people that uh, are from the Toronto area that will call up and say, "Hey, here's such and such a town in eastern Ontario. Is that a good place to invest?" <laughs> I say, "Well, that particular yeah. place doesn't have a good GDP. The mm -hmm. mill closed a number of years ago." They're, they're surviving, but it's not a growth area. Take a look at this town. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they'll start to do the research and say, okay, yeah, it's better to mm -hmm. be in, in community B rather than community A. Yeah. <laughs> but they look at the price per door or, oh, this is really cheap. Well, it's cheap for a reason. <laughs> There's a reason. I, I think I know which town you're talking about as well, but 
Yeah, some towns are really cheap for a good reason. Mm -hmm. I know you can't get that lift. We were we were talking with with a friend of ours in Saskatchewan last week, and he mentioned that he just closed on a deal for an eight-unit apartment building at thirty thousand dollars a door. Oh my! Wow, that's amazing. Oh wow! I mean, it's it's been a long time in our area since you could buy a property using a line of credit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this one at thirty thousand a door. Wow, yeah, yeah just that's two hundred and forty thousand. Yeah. That's <laughs> nothing. Send you an e-transfer. Well, not an you e-transfer. You can't get it in Ottawa for two forty a door. Yeah, <laughs> and you even get a garage for thirty k. No. <laughs> like, yeah, no kidding. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. But I mean, the one thing is that he knows the area. Yeah, he mm. knows the community. He's not that far away from it. And he knows exactly how to rent out those apartments, that, what his tenant profile is going to be. Okay. So he's going to be quite successful with that building. So they need to be renovated, but he already knows what the rent is going to be and it's going to be a cash cow for him. Wow. That's amazing. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. So are you guys um, mostly uh, investing in multifamily or do you guys do mostly single dwelling? Or, or you said you did a, a basement conversion. Is that your... Actually, <laughs> we've we've done just about every strategy and we tell people start with one strategy. Most people will learn the buy, rent and hold strategy. Yeah, That's usually where they start. Simple. And I still have one property that just kind of sits there that has bothered me that we didn't pull the trigger and buy it. This is very, very early on. Mm. But um, it, it's just that, well, you probably know the Blair Road area and there was actually parking for 15 cars. Because wow. all the government buildings are are there, and there's oh, wow. parking for uh, employees. Like I said, I'm talking about very early on here. Okay, <laughs> wouldn't do that today. But 15 parking spots. They were rented at $100 a month. But the building was a bed and breakfast, 10 room mm -hmm. bed and breakfast. And because I'm I'm just learning about buy rent and hold, and the only thing yeah. I can think of is. I don't want a bed and breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> you you uh, imagine yourself making breakfast for 10 people every morning? <laughs> you know, I'm not buying business. I want to get into real estate. Yeah. So we didn't buy that property because I could not get it past my head that I did not want a bed and breakfast. You know what? Turns out it had been a sweeted place. So it oh, had no. and they had converted it into a bed and breakfast. I could reconvert it, but I did not know enough then. By the time mm -hmm. we got our first property, like I said, five months later, and that's exactly what we did. But very early on, we were just stuck like this. But that lesson for me was I will never put myself in that situation again. So I do a strategy, you learn it, you apply it, you learn it. Then you can do that strategy more and more and more, but start adding another strategy. And yeah. then make sure that you implement that ad strategy, take action. So we've been able to now just do just about every strategy out there. And yes, getting into multifamily and now, so we've gone through the whole gamut from, we've had single families, we've done, you know, um, conversion, secondary dwelling units, we've done wholesaling, we've done multifamily, we've done rent to own, we've done, I don't know, you name it, we've probably done it. I, you know, it's... <laughs> We've done it. We've done a fair bit in our 11 years, but now we're getting into development. So we're actually properties where we're actually going to knock down the building and we're going to rebuild. Wow. Yeah. And so, still with the RSP mortgages. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. that's so interesting. Yes. 
So that's where we're at now at the stage that we're at. And every once in a while you go, oh, look at this property. Maybe we could sweet it. We thought, no, because we're thinking bigger and better. And yeah. we bought properties where uh, it may be, an ex well, it would be an existing bungalow that we rent temporarily while we work out with, you know, the planners and, and um, the architects and all of this stuff, consultants to be able to design what it is. So this year we have kind of have three bills on the go for this year. Wow. Oh, wow. That's, that's amazing. It sounds like such a relaxing and quiet retirement. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you not know my what? kind. <laughs> but our, the thing we always say, we retire from government, not from life. No, well, that's it. Yeah, you, you retire to something better, something well, more yeah. active. And you choose as well. I mean. Exactly. But I you mean, know what's great? So when my daughter was... Um, decided later in life to actually go do her MBA. Now she lives in Germany. We, ha we have grandkids in Germany. We have grandkids in the US and then we have four also in Ottawa. When my daughter in Germany says, mom, I'm trying to finish off my thesis for my MBA. And I, with two kids, they're young. Um, like right now they're six and eight. She says, mm -hmm. I just, so we're talking two years ago. So they were four and six. She says, mom, I just, I'm finding it really hard to dedicate the time to do it. Yeah. Come and help. I said, when do you want me there? Now we're talking early week. Friday, I was on a plane and I left. And guess That's what? The freedom. I was gone for five weeks, six weeks, whatever, how long it was. Wow. And we do. So if they say, mom, I need your help, I'm gone. And that yeah. allows us to do that. Very few. That's really nice. So you have systems in place and you have exactly. stewards as well to hold the fort and, <laughs> and a lot of times like uh it would have been two years ago uh too so that would have been early on but in the summertime they came to visit so my daughter and her husband had like three weeks off during the summer something like that so they stayed the three weeks and then they went back and we kept the kids oh and nice we wow. were two and four and we did it again when they were four and six and we oh. keep them for a week several weeks almost a month and then we bring them back so uh, when we bring them back, well, guess what? The last day, France and Belgium and the Why Netherlands, and, you know, so we're able to travel. But again, when when I look back is where we started together, when we first got together and what our finances were yeah, like. Yeah, you were in a dire situation and now you're world and, travelers. And, and then we get to just take off and go travel for a wow. while. And wow. we decide to go longer. Like last year, um, It'll be almost two years. Like when when the granddaughter was born in the states, my daughter was here from Germany, so I couldn't go to the states. Oh, so we planned so in February, so the child was already six months. So we went and spent a month there, and we finished off. Uh, we went to the 10x conference, the Grant Cardone's 10x conference at the end of February. That would have been 2020. So yeah. We, yeah, so we we did that, so, but we were gone for a month. The two of us, right? And then we ended up in Vegas for the weekend conference. And then we came back home, changed our bags, went to a conference in Calgary, came home, and COVID hit three days later. Oh, oh my, boy. just in time. Just in time. <laughs> Traveling. Wow. And, and, and the funny thing is COVID hit. But like you said, you're prepared. Uh, you Well, as, as, as you would know, Francois, is that we have different events that we do for real estate investors. We've been doing that for many, many years. It's just supporting real estate investors especially in ottawa so everything used to be local here so we had a breakfast meeting we were planning that when COVID hit i it closed i think on a wednesday and we had a breakfast meeting on saturday oh yes and, oh, wow. and we we would go to one of the restaurants here that had a back room big tv above the mantle 
And we used to Skype and Zoom people in for our meetings. So we could get anybody from across Canada because it's all Canadian content. And we've been doing that for years. So COVID hit and I'm going, oh, so we can't go to the restaurant. Everything is closed. Okay, we'll go online. Our guests were already Zooming in or Skyping in, so it was no big deal. Yeah, you guys really were ready for the pandemic. <laughs> well, they were prepared. They, they saw the Y2K, 2000, and the 2008 <laughs> bubble. And that's what happens with experience. Seriously, you, you just take it. It's just another problem. Well, that's you all. just adjust, really. I mean, and I think that a lot that's of great. people, they kind of just sat there for a while. They're like, they don't know what they to do. They were stunned. You and... guys already knew what to do. <laughs> so it was easy to, the famous word, pivot. <laughs> yeah. And, and just so that's Saturday of the first week of COVID, we had a breakfast meeting and we did it all through Zoom. Oh, really? Wow. That's amazing. Perfect. <laughs> uh, and we continue like we used to do cash flow game nights. Now we haven't done that now for what, two years almost. Oh, yes. Uh, well, I was telling me about that. Yeah, I wanted like to attend, but yeah, it never happened. <laughs> yeah, but maybe yeah, someday. So, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Once, once, once the restrictions are lifted, we can start to invite people into our house again. Yes, we'll, we'll get the cash flow game nights going again. Because that's that's what uh, that we do. We play cash flow. We open up our home, and the only cost to the entrance fee is you bring a snack to share. That's it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> what a great idea. So we just set it up in the kitchen. We just lay out the food all on the counter, and I tell everybody in the fridge, "This is uh, the ice is done with treated water. There's pop. There's water. There's tea. There's coffee." I said, "Help yourself." Now I'm finished playing the host. I play with everybody else, so it gets up and helps themselves with food or drinks or whatever. So, but yeah, so I still get calls saying, "Oh, when, when is the cash flow going to start up again?" I said, well, "I don't know. I don't know." So we've Soon. been guess what for about eight years, nine years now that we've been doing. Oh, really? Wow, helping wow. investors and with now and and I know um, you've done uh, come to some of our networking. Every uh, yes. fourth Monday of the month, we do a networking. Yeah, and it's oh, ex- wow. it's a lot of fun. Really, you meet people, and it's yeah, it's really great with the rooms and all that. I really enjoy it. And yeah, and again, people it's- share, and it's a great way of sharing. And and like we make it a no pitch fest, right? Yeah. So the idea is not to say, hey, I've got a property or I've got money. That isn't the idea. It's like, hey, learn from other people, ask questions. You got a problem? Now's the time to ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, get all of these, you get all of these minds, right? Because they're all like-minded people getting together and willing to share. And we get newbies as well as seasoned. And people just, they chat. They get to know each other. And they just yeah. expand their network. That's perfect. That's a, that's a great way to build your REI business is just by getting to know other people. It's amazing how sometimes you can just ask somebody a question and they know the answer. And then maybe you know the answer for something that they're looking for. So that's perfect. Yeah, it's a give and take. People share. They ask questions. They share, and it's it's been it's been a good uh, a good time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's amazing all that you've accomplished in the next eleven years. Are you looking to wind down eventually, guys? Or no? She said no. Denise said no. she wants to live over a hundred. So maybe at one or two. Oh, you still have lots of time left. One hundred and two, you're going to slow down a little bit. So much to accomplish in this life. It's unbelievable. I mean. So, yeah. oh, wow. I, I, one of the things we say is that we'd rather burn out than rust out. Yeah, well, that's what my, my grandfather always said. If you don't move, you rust and you need to stay active. So yeah. you choose your, choose your projects, uh, enjoy time with your grandkids, which you do. I mean, I'm sure with COVID it slowed well, down a little bit, but it will increase again at some point. But and even then, before, just before coming here, making sure we're back at seven, 
we have one granddaughter that just turned six today. So we were across town oh, wow. even, and it was, you know, they have tents outside and everybody's distant near the garage and, you know, like yeah. and people honk, you know, as, as they go by as all these balloons and whatnot. So a bit of a mini party, but that's where we were, you know, just before we came out and, and here we are now, but that was important that we be there. Right. Yeah. Mm, that's amazing. But that's your family. Yeah. They, they stay around. I mean, other investors are important, but absolutely it's those like your close circle and, or you both have families and, and you form a family as well. So it's, yes. it's so important to, to maintain that. So thank yeah. you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge and experience. You have some final words of advice for, like I heard, take action. I think that's a good one. I'm sure we could repeat it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> if you have other words or something you want to share. I mean, taking action early is really important. I, mm -hmm. I think back to when Denise and I first decided to put our households together. She had a condo in the Hunt Club. I had a house in Orleans. <laughs> so we agreed oh, wow. to live in my house in Orleans. And Denise said to me, why don't we rent my condo out? And I said, are you nuts? Oh, no. I don't want to have to worry about tenants and toilets. Mm -hmm. So we sold her condo and it was oh. unfortunately at a time that it was a, the market was in a downturn. For condo. Oh, no. And so we didn't get a lot of money from that. And I look back years later. Uh, I mean, that's that's 25 years ago now. And it would have been fully paid off. Yeah. So don't make the mistake of having feet of clay. Take action. Move forward. Yeah, wow, that's so great. That, those are good words of wisdom, really. <laughs> that's yeah. what we've been trying to apply. So you're an inspiration, really, to Thank hundreds, you. if not thousands of people, I'm sure, with all the conferences you've attended. And you guys are superstars. You've been on all kinds of podcasts and things. So <laughs> it's very nice to have you on our little wine and real estate. Yeah. <laughs> well, my so, water and real estate, maybe. Water and real estate. I'll drink to that. Yeah. Well, you, you need water for everything. Water is the key to life. I know I heard butter in some movies, but water as well is very important. So. <laughs> you know what? It's never too late to learn. And we're, yeah. we're an example of that, right? Like we started when I retired from government. And Stuart retired wow. two years after I did. That's, That's crazy. Amazing. Yeah, so it's never too late to start. It can make a difference in your life, your family's life, but in also other people's lives. And that's what's so important. And one of the things I like to tell people is stay positive. I know how people get negative about vaccinations or COVID this. And like people are just plain negative. And I said, yeah. you know, guys, keep a smile on your face. And I was telling somebody just the other day, I said, even if it meant like draw a happy face and stick it on the corner of your computer <laughs> or on your phone or something like that to just- or on your mask. Yeah. <laughs> stay positive. And when yeah. you smile at somebody, be it online, right? Mm -hmm. Like for some people, that's gonna be the only smile they get that day. I mean, wow. somebody said to me, it's all gonna work out in the end. And if it hasn't worked out, it's not the end. Oh, that's yep. really good. That is good, that's right. <laughs> Not the end. <laughs> so where can people get a hold of you guys if they want to learn more or maybe invest with you or just chat about real estate? Or attend networking or... Yeah, they, uh, our Facebook page is probably where a lot of people find us. And it's just Denise and Stuart. And as you can see, our name there is Denise and Stuart. No spaces. And it's S-T-U-A-R-T, not the E-W, right? The <laughs> E-R-T. Um, we can do the info at deniseandstuart.ca. We can do that. 
Um, there's also 613-724-6873, which is our cell phone that we use uh, for business. But yeah, and right on our Facebook page, there's a place there that they can actually register to get our email of real estate events uh, and things like that. And the thing is, is that's all we do. We just share. We just help people. So we do lives. We do networking events. We do breakfast meetings. You know, we do that type of stuff. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're very generous and it's great. And it really gets contagious. So when you give back, others, I find, end up giving back and just... Yeah, it's like smiling. So you mentioned smiling is yeah. how important it's it contagious. is. It's contagious. Yeah, if you smile, like you can't, you can't help but yeah, just smile. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, and let's stay in touch. I can't wait to see the next ten years. Maybe in eleven years we'll meet, and you'll have done this and that. And mm -hmm. oh, some of the plans we have for development are going to be pretty big. So that that'll be fun. To yeah, see to fruition. So yeah, we definitely want to hear about that. Sounds yeah. good. Thanks Thank so much you for so having much. us. This has been yeah. absolutely wonderful. And it was nice to finally meet you, Jennifer. Yes, same same as well. Sorry. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> Too much wine. That's what happens. Water, see, if you yeah, have water, you're just fine. Drink water. <laughs> <laughs> so Take care. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Are you thinking about investing in real estate? Have you been wondering how to get started and what should I do? How can I finance things? Uh, what if I run out of money or I have no money right now? So these are all valid questions. And that's why I've decided to start offering one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. So if you'd like to learn how to grow your real estate portfolio or just starting out or you want to get creative or structure a deal, I offer one-on-one -on -one sessions and um, for, if you'd like to find out more, please send me an email at flhomescorp at gmail.com. So flhomescorp at gmail.com or 613-252-9829. And I'd love to chat with you and find out more about your story and see how I can help you. That's it. So I look forward to helping you grow your real estate portfolio. Thank you for listening to another episode of Wine Real Estate with us. So don't forget, you can follow us on social media, Instagram. Our handle is FL underscore homes underscore corp. You can also find us on Facebook, FL Homes Corp. And um, you can also find us on YouTube on our channel. So you can see video recordings of these podcasts and more. And so until the next time, cheers. <laughs>